Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad. He is not Shohei to me anymore. <laughs> He's no Tani. Yeah. He said no to the Giants. Though, this is so similar to the Aaron Judge thing last year, where right. you just sort of, as you're reading through the tea leaves, and it sounds like it was really Dodgers or bust the entire time, which is very unfortunate yeah. for us. Well, you hit the nail on the head the other day when you said it was really the, the Dodgers signing to screw up at yeah. this point. Because, I mean, it, you know, I honestly, when you look back as uh, us Giants fans, it's always been kind of in the back of our minds that for probably the last three years or so, I'd say that uh, once the contract in Anaheim ended, he was going to be a Dodger. I mean, you know, we had a little pipe dreams here and there of, oh, maybe he comes to the Giants. Mm, we are not that organization yet. Uh, someday we hope to be, obviously. We hope to get there. Um, I think we're on the right track. We're we're making strides, but, you know, you still have to have those big signings. And, and we thought, well, maybe this could springboard us. But I think our number one, our number one is still Yamamoto. Um, I think that's probably the Giants' number one, but this contract, when we get into this contract, it's going to throw things into perspective where we might look at it and say, oh, uh, Yamamoto has a clear opening to go to Los Angeles at this point. So, Yes. So why don't we revisit the Otani situation here? I, I guess this is from a Giants fan perspective, obviously. So... You know, I, 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 he was my favorite non-giant in quite a long time. Yeah. And that, and, and this is, it's, I'm not going to be able to root for him anymore. So um, that, you know, it's a bummer for me. I, I'm, I'm pretty bummed out about that, but it's sports. It's what happens. You know, the sports, the sports gods and sports world aren't there simply for you and I to, uh, you know, to be happy. In fact, quite the opposite sometimes. Yes. <laughs> but, but they have a way of evening things out, though. Yes, so, yes. You know. uh, we, we, let, let's start from, I guess, when we would have stopped recording last week. Because we did a segment, which was, are the Giants still in the chase? And, and at this point, you know, whether they came in third or second, whether the Blue Jays were for real, like all that stuff doesn't really matter when you, you don't get the guy. And like we right. said, we believe that it was probably the Dodgers first and foremost. Uh, and we thought about that last year and the year before, like when we knew that he was going to be a free agent. So uh, let, let's let, let's start it there, because I think the first thing or the first sign of anything, as far as when things started moving, was uh, Dave Roberts kind of maybe speaking out of turn and not uh, not knowing he was speaking out of turn yeah uh and you know talking about the meeting with otani and such and you know all of these teams were sworn to secrecy and you got to play the otani game in order to and, and it, it was all pretty silly i thought considering this is professional sports he does come from a different culture i respect that but really it's like 
this is this is this is what sports is about. So it's kind it was kind of funny. We were joking about it. We were like, oh, I wonder if Dave Roberts screwed their chances. But <laughs> you know, that that was kind of the first thing. And then uh and then we we're playing this waiting game where uh, do you think beat writers got snookered purposely here with the Toronto Blue Jays story and the private jet that went out and the uh, the secret dinner that was being planned for, you know, all that stuff? Like, cause that was, there was yeah. a lot of detailed information that went into the Toronto story. What do you think happened there? You know, I don't know. I personally, I need more information. I need to see more because all I've seen so far are guesstimates of what happened in that whole thing, how it all went down. Um, You know, the fact that uh, Morosi was given some bum information. He ran with it. Uh, Nobody else had that information. Uh, And then, you know, the correct information that Otani was at home in uh, Los Angeles was given to all the other reporters. I mean, it just, the whole thing kind of seems weird at this point. Um, I think somebody just happened to see, you know, because you could be pretty savvy nowadays just as a, you know, a normal user. You don't have to be a, a reporter or whatnot, but you can, you can go on. There's apps that show, private jets that fly in and out of airports and you can track those jets. You don't necessarily know who's on them, but there was one that was leaving for Los Angeles and going to Toronto uh, or Orange County and going to Toronto. So I think uh, somebody kind of took that and ran with it and a bunch of other people did. And I'm wondering if Morosi just took that and said, he's on his way. I'm going to start asking around. Uh, and, and with everybody being so tight lipped around this, maybe he took that as a, uh, okay, that's him on the plane then. And they're yeah. at Toronto, um, extremely convenient for Otani's camp that that word got out because that could have driven up the price by the Los Angeles Dodgers at that point. Um, I still think the extra hundred million is because of what's going on with his contract as the word came out today of how the contract breaks down. Yeah. But, well, but, we'll talk about that. In, yeah, absolutely. In, in a good amount of detail because I've definitely have some thoughts about that. Oh, for sure. But still, I think that could have also driven up the price. Um, you know, the fact that, Hey, he's on a plane and he's in, he's on his way to Toronto. Uh, and, and, you know, word is that that really worried the Dodger brass um, that morning. And then into Friday afternoon, Friday evening, they really started kind of freaking out and said, are we losing him? Uh, we need to do something and, 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 you know, give him the moon and give him whatever he wants and let's go with this. Um, I think a lot of the hesitation from most organizations who are in this was probably the contract and the contract breakdown and how it all works out because it's, it's a weird one. It's, it's good, but it's bad. I mean, there's aspects to it that are bad, um, but there's aspects to it. If you're an organization, this is fantastic. Uh, gives you a lot of wiggle room. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I they mean, already the have the wiggle room though. That's my I, point. They the, have the, the only thing wiggle- they're trying to get, they, they just don't want to pay the collective bargaining tax. It's, sure. it's, it's circumvention of the bargaining tax. They don't want to pay it for the next 10 years, and they're not going to have to for the next 10 years. The way they've got – I mean, we were looking at it, and the way they've got it in Freeman and Betts, and I'm not sure who else has deferred money on that team, but holy moly, they're paying Betts and Freeman 
uh, well into my 70s. I'm going to be 70 when these guys are still getting paid. Can you imagine that? So these are the discussions that I was having. And we'll just talk about the contract for yeah, a yeah. second here. Because I was telling people, I was saying, I don't know why you would want to sign with the Dodgers. Because the way that they do business and the way that they sign these large contracts is that they defer the money. And what happens when they defer the money is they basically take the the money that they were going to pay you for that year and they push it into the future, which makes the money less valuable, by the way. And so essentially Shohei is giving them a $68 million loan interest free. And they don't have, and they, and when they pay him in 10 years, that $68 million without inflation is much less than what it would be had he been given the money today. And then he can invest it any way that he wants. He's losing right. money in this scenario and the corporation that could probably go to the market and sell for $10 billion is getting the deal here, which is, which is why I, yeah. I don't like it, but okay. So let's go back to, to the Toronto thing. Now I have a couple of, uh, of blue Jay fan buddies in a, in a discord for uh, my fight game media podcast stuff. So we have our BSPN discord. I have a fight game media discord as well. And two guys specifically who are, who are just diehard blue Jay guys, they were living the life when these rumors were happening. And oh, I, I was saying, and I was a little bummed because like, okay, so the giants aren't even in second place here. If the, if the blue Jays are, are getting all this love. And so I was saying, you know, I, I hope that this is true because I would never want another team, except for the Dodgers and their fan base, I would never want them to get arson judged like we did, right? <laughs> yeah. That was That was hell. a bad feeling. That was a bad feeling. That was, that was <laughs> hell. And then when the Correa thing didn't happen, it was like we just got punched in the face two times instead yeah, of one yeah. time. Yeah. So... As that stuff started to break down, I just felt so bad for my friends. And then worse is that it's the Dodgers. And it's the one team that I did not want to see him go to just because I like him as a player. It's like, yeah. you know, if uh, if you're a basketball fan and you're a Warriors fan, the Warriors don't like the Lakers. And if, you know, Clay Thompson, he's he's he was he's from Southern California. I would be very hurt if Clay Thompson went to go play for the Lakers. because I despise yeah. that, that franchise. So it's kind of the same thing. Like Shohei, I rooted for him as just the greatest player that we've seen in quite some time. And now you, now he just is evil. And that's just the way that we look at all <laughs> Dodgers players. Right. And yeah. so, so Dave, and, it, and that being said, we don't want him. I see all this, you know, I hope he gets hurt and I hope this, we don't want any of that. We want to see him struggle <laughs> Yes, for 162 games struggle because that would be, a thousand times more satisfying. You know, I I, I usually wish gout on my that's, least favorite players, right? That's a good one. Yeah. And, and or some and, sort of hangnail that just <laughs> never goes away. <laughs> and I, I've jokingly, because this cannot actually happen in any way, I was joking that he had a testicular Tommy John surgery. 
<laughs> well, where do you take the ligament from on that? That's the question. <laughs> and not all, and and tw- in both sides, like so. You, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, so. you can't have. <laughs> but obviously, it's, it's it's stupid. It's a stupid joke because that can't physically exist. But it's it's kind of like that thing where you're just like, man, I don't want to wish wish real injury on anybody because that just makes me right. a bad person. But if I can wish fake injuries, then that's that's where I'm going. So yeah, yeah. Davis, uh, our guy Davis said. This is LeBron in Miami. Evil Shohei is on the way. Here's where I disagree on the LeBron thing. The LeBron thing, and very similarly, LeBron was the top free agent in basketball. The Cleveland fans really wanted him to desperately stay. So LeBron creates this event that ESPN decides to host, and he he doesn't tell any of the teams what's going on, and he announces it live on this television show, you know, I take, I'm going to take my talents to South beach. And he says this on, on television and a lot of fans w- uh, were mad because he did not tell the teams before he made the decision. Well, the reason why he didn't tell the teams is because he didn't want any of that information leaked out as he was doing this television show, which the money that he was making from this television show, he was giving away to the, boys and girls club of x y and z you know that was kind of the the whole reason for the show now it was also to get him on tv as the biggest star in basketball and all the things that come with that but that's why this is a little bit different because uh you know shohei going to the dodgers for us they're the evil team you know for the red Sox and the yankees they probably don't care if they didn't get them might as well stay in the national league so it's a little bit different in that in that extent but uh the 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 whole thing about how this signing came about uh really really did bother me because again it's like one of those things and and this isn't this is the story from Giants fan side so so it it's it, we're we're a little bitter right now because yeah our our rival just got the greatest baseball player the last and we're years. and we're allowed to be yes we are so it it, it breaks down that. He, it's funny. Shams Charnia, who's an NBA newsbreaker, breaks the news on my Twitter feed. And I think he got the news basically just checking Shohei's Instagram feed the fastest. I think <laughs> that's how he got the news. at the right time. Or he was just like, <laughs> he had all the things moving, like refreshing constantly. Like, wow. And he just, he got it. So then you see that he signs the Dodgers and it's 10 years, 700 million. All of the memes and all of these sports business websites and these Instagram accounts were like doing like, oh, 700 million. He makes more money than all of these teams, payrolls and blah, 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 blah. And I was screaming at my phone reading this going like, he's not making 700 million in 10 years. They're deferring a lot of this money. Like I immediately said that because that's just the way that they do business. Yeah. And so... We had to we had to sit with this for a little while, and you know every, every Giants fan is writing up. Oh, here's how we <laughs> here's the next steps to <laughs> what do we do now? And yeah, and, and, I, and I'll here. actually read Grant's because Grant's is is really good, and he has a good idea. And I think Mark uh, Delucci as well had the same idea, which is really to just to pivot to pitching. Um, and so all the stuff is happening. I'm just pissed, and I I just hate all of these accounts because they obviously don't know what they're talking about. And then just today comes out, uh, who had it? Was it Morosi who had it first? Or was it, uh, who's the USA Today guy? 
Nightingale, did he have it first? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't. I honestly don't even know because I got it from you guys. So. I was cleaning the house and I got a text from you guys that things were happening. <laughs> so turns out that not only is the money deferred, but like 96% of the money is deferred. Right. Six, uh, now this is just according to what we know. Obviously I, uh, we don't have access to these books, so who knows? Maybe the story will change tomorrow. But we the, the the tweet that we saw was that 68 out of the 70 million dollars, and now this is his average annual value of the contract. We don't know. It could be he made 40 million in the first three years and then a hundred million in the last three years, whatever, whatever that number is. The AAV was uh 70 for, for 10 years. So we learned that 68 of the 70 million is getting deferred. So the Dodgers are only paying him $2 million for the seasons. And I guess because of the accounting and because of the way that, that, that they do the books, the AAV of the contract based on the deferment comes out to less than $50 million or something. So that is, that is the story today. And here's why it bothers me, because I knew it. And the second I saw the Bleacher Report contract, uh, Bleacher Report contract, the Bleacher Report article, there was an excuse. Why are the Dodgers deferring all of this man's money? And the, not only is there an excuse, there is the, the, the line from the Dodgers is Shohei came to them with this idea of deferment. So it's like, you know, this guy, he's just, He's not. He's not about the money. He's just. Well, the re the report that's out there right now too is that they went to every team with this offer. Every team that they talked to, they gave this same offer to. So everybody had this opportunity to do that. And that that was from now. That's being reported by Talking Baseball, John Boy Media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which is a, a legit source. But we'll. I'm sure we'll find out more in the coming days. Uh, stay glued to the athletic if you have a uh, subscription because I, I'm I I fired up my Kindle last night. <laughs> my Kindle, uh, my whatever I don't know what it's called now anymore, but the big Kindle tablet. Um, but I got it all ready, and now I I have bookmarked the athletic on there because I don't have an iPad that. Old iPads, you can't get the athletic app on anymore. Yeah. It's so bizarre. So I have to buy a new one. I'm not going to spend five, 600 bucks when I have this like $80 tablet that I can get it on the web. Um, so, so the fact that they brought it to every team, is that truth? I mean, is that going to be something that we find out is truth? Or is that going to be just another spin job by, by Nez, his... Uh, is his fantastic agent <laughs> who's getting them this great deal. Okay, so here's the here's the line. The reasoning is so the Dodgers can continue adding to their roster with the hopes of competing for championships in the immediate future. There's so many things wrong with that sentence. How how many years in a row have the Dodgers won the West? Oh god. It's got to be like Eight, Twelve nine? or something. I mean, yeah, the Giants yeah. won it in 2012. I remember that. Well, 2021. Remember we 
Oh, 107 wins and they had oh, 106 you wins. There you go. So there they haven't go. won it in a row. We've taken it that one time, but going back to like 2016, probably uh, 2015, maybe I don't, I think that was the only time that we took the West. So essentially they've been competing this entire time. So yes. Yeah. F you on that, that part of the statement. <laughs> exactly. They can continue adding to their roster. They signed Mookie Betts. They signed Freddie Freeman. They re-signed Kershaw every single year. None of that impeded their process to sign Shohei Otani. So if if the money was deferred or not, they were going to continue adding to the roster. You know why? Because they make a lot of money being the Los Angeles Dodgers there's they they would not have stopped if if Shohei deferred half instead it's not like the Dodgers are like sorry guys we just cannot afford another everyone you know last two weeks this is your paycheck and we're we're bankrupt we're done yeah so that kind of statement and that spin and I can't I hate it when people publish it because it's like and I know they're just getting information up there, and this is where we're going with AI, anyways. When and Sports Illustrated hires AI writers, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, creates fake avatars <laughs> of people. Well, they don't even have to hire them; they, they yeah. don't have to pay them a dime. Exactly. <laughs> when everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with Tone Suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So... I just I, I just find this whole thing of oh it's Shohei's idea here. Look at the sh- yeah. now if you're a ba- if you're a baseball player, if you are want let's let's say Juan Soto, okay Juan, Juan Soto is a free agent after this season. Met the Yankees just traded for him. Great player. We've been talking about Juan Soto for a long time on this show just because he he would be the kind of guy the Giants would spend over the top four Otani as well. Like those are kind of the two guys. And if you're Juan Soto and if you don't defer your money in your next contract, you are not being a team player. You are not helping the organization 
add on to their roster so that they could compete for future championships. How BS is that statement? Like if I, if I am the players association for one, I'm like, God, glad that Shohei, you know, that number, that 10 for 70 is what people are going to think of all the time. But at the same time, they're going to be like, well, now is this where all these, the, the best player in the game, the guy with the most leverage gave up a lot of that leverage to sign with this baseball team. Does that mean that the next free agents that is expected? And that's what these teams are going to hold them accountable to is, you now need to defer some of this because so so that you can help us get under this collective bargaining tax. Like, and then on the other side, if you're the owners, because I had this conversation in the same Discord, which was I was like, if you're the owners, are you happy about this? And are there is there gonna be any rushes to kind of amend the collective bargaining agreement in any way? And then I think it was uh who had the statement? Uh, it was Jeff Passan. He said, for anyone wondering if MLB will challenge or cancel Tani's contract, the answer is unequivocally no. There's a specific article in the collective bargaining agreement that addresses this. It's very clear. Deferred money is limitless. And to that, I say, yeah, on a wink, wink, nudge, nudge deal where the owners are like, hey, guys, we'll keep this in here if we need it. And then the Dodgers are like, well, we're going to take this to the limit and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. owners are like, no, which is uh, no <laughs> dude, why didn't you just give them a billion dollars and just reset the market in that way? Like, I can't yeah. imagine you're the, uh, I'm not even going to say a team that's not even trying to compete. So I won't say the A's I'm trying to think of a small market. You're the twins. Pirates. 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 Twins are yeah. um, pirates. They both had pretty darn good seasons. Twins better than the pirates. But if you're like, you know, all of a sudden, the, the the new way of doing business is to give so much money, and so much of it is in deferment. And these own some of these owners aren't as rich as as others, and I can't imagine they're like, "Yep, I like where this thing is going," because it just hurts them, and it helps teams like the Dodgers. It helps the destination places: Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox. I don't, it, the Giants are not there right now, unfortunately. And I also said this to a buddy. I was like, look, if, if that was the Giants doing this, I would go, man, that is savage. And then I would go, but I, I can't, I have to just root that this is my squad. And yeah. so I don't, I don't blame Dodger fans for looking at it at that way at all. Like that's all you get. You know, this is the business. Uh, this is just how sports business works and nothing that, that we can control outside of, you know, maybe not paying as much money or whatever for our tickets, but uh, no one does that. That's why it's sports, especially in, in a market where you have a loyal fan base, like that's why it's so valuable because fans aren't going to give up on stuff like this. And most of them are unlike us and aren't even going to pay attention to this stuff that closely. So, right. Uh, but yeah, uh, that, that, that whole thing, that conversation frustrated me because the, the, the piece is coming. I don't know if bags is going to write it, because I saw, I saw some tweets by Bags today going like, wait, hold up. This is like quite the scheme. Uh, yeah. But somebody's going to write it, and somebody's going to write it from the other side, which is, hey, the the, the Dodgers are, are, are light years away. This is what the Warriors did when they got KD. The reason why the Warriors were able to get Kevin Durant is because the uh, the cap was going up because of the, the new TV deal. 
And what the owners could have done, or I'm sorry, I think the players could have done, is they could have done something called smoothing, where they take all of that new money and they kind of spread it across the future years. Mm -hmm. And the players were like, no, let's just bring it in now. And so the cap raised up for the Warriors to a point where they could actually bring in another top talent. And that's how they got Kevin Durant. So somebody's going to write the article that says, look, the Dodgers are just taking advantage of what is already there. And so I get that too. But this is at the expense of maybe an athlete who is not like, what if Shohei, uh, you know, what if Shohei gets hurt and, and the Dodgers kind of lose out on this thing like that? That would be right. like the only way that owners would be like, OK, we're not doing this anymore. Now, I don't want to wish that on him. Right. Uh, right. For real. But, but it's part least. of the game. That's the right. thing is it is part of the game. It's a reality. It could happen. I mean, that you know, <clears throat> this whole thing and Denise asked me the same thing because I started I got home and I. I guess I warmed up on our conversation <laughs> by telling her all about it. And she's like, well, as a Giants fan, if the Giants did that, how would you feel? And I, I said, well, of, of course I'd look at it and say, this is great for us because now we can also get Yamamoto. Now we can also get Bellinger. I mean, and then we can defer money that way as well. Um, but then I would say, then if we went on to win three World Series titles, you'd be like, that's great because we kind of, you know, fudged around the cap and everything. But it will never compare to 2010, 12, and 14, which yeah. was done by bringing up the youth, uh, uh, you know, the, the pitching, a um, little bit of hitting, Buster Posey. Uh, you know, when you look at Brandon Crawford, you look at Brandon Belt, you look at those types of players. Um, the Giants kind of did it from within. Uh, is that a thing anymore? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Arizona's doing it. Um, you know, a bunch of other teams are doing it as well. Texas Rangers went out and, and bought a bunch of players, but they also had some good youth players in there. Um, yeah, I, the thing is you have to have an ownership that will sign off on doing something like this. Um, again, you you do have to pay later. You've got to pay that $68 million. Can you rework the contract when that comes about? I would assume. I mean, it's still a contract. You can you can rework that contract if you want to and say, okay, now we talk to Otani and we're going to do it for another 10 years, even though he's not here. He's getting $2 million a year. And then in 10 years, because he doesn't need the money, you know, maybe he doesn't need the money at the time. He's getting $50 million, um, close to $50 million in endorsements every year. And that's going to go up because now he's a Dodger. I was going to say now because he's in LA, but he's been in the LA area for a long time, but you can't market the angels the way you can market the Dodgers. It's a mm -hmm. little bit different. Um, so yeah, you have to have ownership. I don't see giants ownership signing off on something like that. Uh, it kind of feels like giants ownership likes to clear the books. They don't like to have things hanging on the books for, for, for this long anymore. Back in the day. Yes. When you were signing belt Posey, Crawford, all these guys, Bob Garner, Linscombe to extensions. Um, it was different. It was a different feel. It was a different time. These were extensions for young players that you were getting for market value or under market value. Uh, you were hanging on to those guys for a very long time. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say Linscombe because he always liked his year to year. Yeah, he he liked those yeah. short deals. But then, but but when you look at it now, this 
ownership, Charles Johnson and family, they kind of are, are lean a little bit more towards clearing the books. Let's keep things clean. I don't see them as the type of ownership that says, instead of a 10-year deal, let's make it an essential a 20-year deal, because that's what you've done with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani. And again, I don't know the Dodgers' uh, contract situation that well, but I know just from looking today, those three players are going to be, be paid for like the next 17 to 20 years. Um, so so again, will a, a, a Pirates organization want to do that? The, the Rays? No. The Red Sox? No. The Yankees? Maybe Cashman starts looking at that. Um, but again, I, I, it, the option's been there. It's been there for years. People have been doing it for years, um, and nobody else is doing it to the extent that the Dodgers are. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, if they're able to lock up Yamamoto, if they're able to lock up Chapman, if they're able to lock up all these other players that they want to just keep adding on, it's going to get extremely frustrating for every other team it, it, uh, of Major League Baseball. Um, again, we're still going to continue to watch. We're going to root on the Giants, but there's always going to be this black cloud of the competition. What is the competition going to be like going forward for the next five or six years if there are certain teams that can do these deals and are willing to do these deals because they're in that type of market? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's It's going to be interesting to see. So where do we go from here now, based on what we believed, which is, you know, the Giants had kind of an outside shot at Otani more than anything else. Yeah. They had their plan B was probably really their plan A. So where does that go is, and you know, everything that we believe probably starts with Yamamoto. Now does Yamamoto's, uh, you know, watching what Shohei signed for, uh, I imagine that is probably really good for his market. Now you have mm -hmm. these, the, you know, these teams who uh, are looking for that big splash, Giants being one of them. And, uh, you know, are, are the Giants willing to fork over whatever it takes, 300 million or 280 million, whatever it is to sign a pitcher, which in the Farhan air era has not been the case. Logan Webb, uh, the contract that he got, it's like the longest contract that they've ever given. And I think to starting pitcher previously, I think it was Disclafani, right? Didn't he get like yeah. a three-year deal? Under this regime, yeah. And look how poorly that has worked so far. Uh, but Gossman, uh, they let him go, and he's been uh, a Cy Young candidate for the last couple of years. Radon worked out in their favor by not signing him. He had a struggle last year with with the injury so you know it's really that kind of it seems like it's about a 50 50 or so with 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 the pitching deals so far and that's a big risk going into it 50 50 with a young 25 year old you know who you don't know the wear and tear on the arm quite yet but it seems like it starts and ends there now if the giants get him i think the fan base will be fired up mm -hmm. but what if they don't get him where, where are, I mean, do you just get like, are, are fans going to give up on this off season if they don't get Yamamoto? That's, that's a tough one. Cause I didn't know how I was going to feel 
when we eventually didn't get Shohei, because, I mean, obviously 90% of me knew we weren't going to get him 10% had that pipe dream of, oh, maybe in the back of my mind it might happen. What if it did happen? Um, but I think with Yamamoto, I, I'm i more like 60%, 55% that we're going to get him, 45% we're not going to get him. So I'm kind of down the middle on that one. That one's going to absolutely be more disappointing um only because we as giants fans have a track record of pitching and watching fantastic pitching uh in that ballpark uh we know we can win with pitching I mean, that's how ballpark. they won they won three world series with that they, blueprint and so we look at that and we say pitching you can go out there and you can say hey we're gonna get this guy who hit 30 home runs last year. Okay, cool. He's going to come to Oracle and he's going to hit 20. And he's going to and he's going to end up playing cards in the clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, All he'll day. have great exit velocity. <laughs> but that year that he's on an 18 million dollar <laughs> contract, uh qualifying offer contract is it's not going to go well. Oh, um, Jock, you got to love him. Yeah, poor Jock. So I don't I don't I mean if they went Yamamoto and then they added Snell I'd be happy. I know everybody, oh, Snell, Snell. They just won a Cy Young Award. I mean, the guy pitches fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then with our bullpen, as strong as it can be at times, and then you can have guys that are inning eaters like Yamamoto and Webb and Cobb to keep that bullpen fresh. You can have a guy like Snell who goes six innings, yeah. six plus, you know. Um, but if we don't get Yamamoto – you have to start to kind of look and say, all right, how do we make this a successful offseason? Is it going to be Chapman? Is it going to be Snell and Chapman? Is it going to be Chapman and Stroman? Chapman and Stroman is going to be a really tough sell to the fan base. Where are um, you uh, with Bellinger? I'm, I'm, I would be more than happy with Bellinger. I don't mention him a whole lot because I haven't heard a whole lot of meetings or anything else really going on at this point with Bellinger. Especially if they're looking at like a 10 year contract. Yeah. If they're looking at a 10 year deal, although, I mean, he's still what, 28 years old. He's not an old guy. He's still in that youth where he had a fantastic turnaround season, found something if you can have that offense for like the next five or six years on a 10 year deal, I think that's great. If he can continue to play a good center field as well, a stellar center field, I mean, he's a great fielder. Um, so if you go, I mean, if you went Bellinger Snell, or even if you went Bellinger Stroman, I like Stroman. I know people don't, he's an innings eater though. So I like him. Um, yeah, he, he's like, I mean, he's Logan Webb. And a few years older, like that's how yeah. it is. And I mean, if you went Chapman and Bellinger, you've shored up a lot of defense there. You know, center field is is taken care of. Uh, Luciano is short, going to keep working with him on his defense. Tyro was in the talks for a gold glove. So he, uh, uh, you know, even though he wasn't in the final three, he was still kind of mentioned towards the end of the season because he had such a great boost at second base. And then you got Patrick Bailey. So you've got the middle of the diamond kind of shored up there. And then Chapman at third, uh, Lamont Wade Jr. has been doing a decent job at first base. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I'd be happy with it. The fan base would not, the majority of the fan base would not be happy with something like that. Um, so you've got to make a splash. You've got to get people to come to San Francisco. You got Carlos Correa to come to San Francisco last year, technically. Um, so, so what's to say you can't get other players to come to San Francisco? Uh, there's got to be that one domino that gets knocked over that starts the line because again, Juan Soto is going to be there next year. But if the Dodgers are deferring money to get the best players, you've got to compete with that. So you have to start now. You can't say, well, we missed out this year, but we're looking at Soto next year. No, we've been through judge. We've been through Correa. We've been through Shohei. I don't want to. I don't want to go through Yamamoto. I don't want to go through Bellinger, and then all. And then all of a sudden, we're having to do this again with Juan Soto, and we did it with Bryce Harper. We did it with Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, we've done it with so many players right now. So that splash, it just absolutely, it, it feels like desperation, and, and it probably is. And and, and that's kind of how I see the whole Shohei thing with the deferred money and the Dodgers were going to do whatever they could to get him. They are honestly, even though they're winning. And I looked it up. They won 10 out of the last 11 National League West titles. They won in 2013-14. They won in 2014 when we won the World Series. Um, they are in desperation mode. They have not had a World Series, a legit World Series title <laughs> since 1988. So they are, uh, this is desperation mode in terms of they had to get Shohei because they need, this is win now. I mean, Mookie Betts is getting older. Freddie Freeman's getting older. Clayton Kershaw is, he's got a walker. He's coming in. He's going to like kind of scoot his way in on his walker next season. I mean, these guys are getting older. They have to win at least one title and, and getting Shohei doesn't guarantee it, but it gets them a lot closer. So that was kind of a desperation. We have to get him no matter what. Okay. So just, uh, the the Grant Brisby piece that he just wrote today, he ranked the pitchers in order that he would want. Ranking the top store starters to get them one. Uh, he had it. He started at number eight, Tyler Glasnow. And the only problem with Glasnow is 21 starts and 120 innings uh, are his career highs for a season. So that he would be actually the right-handed lesser version of, of Blake Snell when it came to uh, how dependable he, he is uh, on the uh, number seven was Jordan Montgomery. He called him Anthony Desclafani in the good years, which is kind of, <laughs> but, well, I mean, we like disco in the good years. We did, man. I mean, I don't, I mean, did he really have one good full season? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, his first season with us, but. but he's also made thirty plus starts in each of the last three seasons. Yeah, um, Mitch Keller at number six, and he said, "Is Mitch Keller really on the block?" They said no. Uh, one of the blogs, and he said, uh, "Maybe, maybe not." But if you could get him, uh, it would be it would be a good idea. But he believes that. The Pirates would ask for Kyle Harrison and the Giants would decline. Right. Uh, Dylan Cease would be number five on the list. Um, and he had Shota Imanaga, number four. And I've not heard that name 
actually quite yet. I guess a left-hander from Japan who uh, did very well in the WBC, and I guess he's available? I haven't seen any information about him. This is the first sighting of Imanaga's name as far as any of these lists that I've seen so far. I do remember that he posted a couple weeks ago, but that that's all I remember. He said he would be the one B to another pitcher's one a number three would be Snell who you already talked about. Uh, It would be interesting how the giants would kind of strategically would you, would you use an opener with, with Blake Snell and get him into the seventh and then turn it over to the bullpen. That would be kind of interesting. Mm, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't personally, I'm, done <laughs> anti-opener maybe, maybe we got punched in the face with it so much last year well, i mean I, we had yeah it's like yeah two or three <laughs> openers every five starts yeah, it's like I'm, come on i'm awfully tired i love ryan walker but i don't want to see him open another <laughs> ball game i want to see him pitch the seventh or eighth inning <laughs> number two corbin burns he said there the red flag is the strikeout rate has been dropping in recent seasons and because he's still a year away from free agency, the Brewers will still want a lot for him. So he would be a trade piece, um, but he believes that the key would be you're signing Burns, but you're not really burning a lot of cash by doing it because he still has not yet hit free agency. So he'd Mm -hmm. kind of be like a rental, and then you could go after offense and uh, sign some big checks that way. So that would be the strategy. But obviously, number one, Yamamoto. um, He said, Grant wrote, again, my strongly worded suggestion is to get Yamamoto and someone like Burns, load up on the starters and hope that Marco Luciano and or Luis Matos or others breaks out. Don't come back with Marcus Stroman and pretend that he's the ace they're looking for. Like Montgomery, he's a better fit for a team that needs quantity of quality, not a team that needs shutdown starters. Considering that it was obvious Otani wasn't coming, I would be more despondent if the Giants whiffed on Yamamoto. So there you go. That's uh, yeah. that's what Grant Brisby wants for the Giants. And I, I mean, I, I def- like that I, list. I definitely get it. I definitely get the strategy. Yeah. But man, if we are rolling Austin Slater and Baby Yaz and Matos out there in the outfield next year, that is going to be a rough one. So you're saying if we have the same lineup as last year, minus Jock Peterson and plus Matt Chapman, it may not be as fun. I mean, the team would probably be better. But mm-hmm. I don't know if the fans would necessarily come out for it more so than they already do. Yeah, it's tough because we're we're talking about now almost well, and not almost. I mean, the beginning of next season, it's going to be ten years removed from our last World Series title. Yep. So you're talking about kids who were ten years old then, who are now twenty and going to the ballpark, and they don't. <laughs> yeah. Do they care about pitching? Do they care about, you know, mowing batters down like we care about? I, I probably not. You know, well, kids, I think it, kids I, dig the long ball, right? I, I think it would be, you know, you would, you would, they would have to win. Cause I think in yeah, 2021, yeah. those same young people kind of talked themselves into, cause the Giants were actually 
competing with the Dodgers. They were beating mm-hmm. the Dodgers. And so when you beat the Dodgers in the regular season, that that tells the, the fans, like, okay, this team is actually for real because what usually happens with the Dodgers, usually you beat the Giants up and down uh, left and right. But the, the Giants played the Dodgers pretty well last year. Yeah. So that I think that was key. But also, you know, we were talking ourselves into the idea that, okay, like maybe this is the way to go. But in the back of our minds, we were like, man, this, this season feels really <laughs> fluky to us, but yeah, got, you got to roll with it because <laughs> it's just the way that it's working. And maybe Farhan and Gabe are like secret geniuses and yeah. this is the way baseball moves. And then it was the one season. So yeah, I, I think the the whole key is, uh, I th- I think, I don't even know if Bellinger obviously would, would bring, bring the folks to the yard. I don't know if he's a, even a big enough name. Like he's a good player and he had a really good season. But, you know, if if the Cubs lose him, our Cubs fans going like, "Man, we just lost, you know, the the, the greatest uh outfielder since Sammy Sosa. What are we going to do?" <laughs> like that, are they, like yeah. That's going to be one of those players that maybe in 2 or 3 years they're going to say, "Oh, man, we should have locked him up for a while because he's been, you know, a a 30 plus home run guy for like three years in a row now. And he's still got seven years left on his deal, but he's not slowing down. He's still hitting 300 because that's the beauty of Bellinger. He's not just, he's fast. He can steal you some bases. Um, He's not how he used to be, but he can hit you 30 home runs and he's going to hit 300 or close to 300 uh, is what he can also do. So, but again, you stick him in our lineup and you got to protect him. So that's the hard part. So my thesis is much what Davis is mentioning here, though. Uh, I think Yamamoto, if he is special, this is a fan base that had Lincecum Day and, you know, Bumgarner starts were important days to get out to the park. So if Yamamoto is the real deal, I think he could be a draw for the fan base. And the other part of it is putting on an exciting team rather than the boring station to station baseball that they've been playing with lackadaisical fielding and little to no speed. I do think improving the quality of product on the field is also part of the deal that they need to do. So, uh, but I like, I think if Yamamoto is the goods, that would be a, a really good, a draw for, for the fan base. Yeah, I think so too. Don't forget rally Zito, rally Zito, rally Zito and, uh, and rally enchiladas. Rally enchiladas. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, you know, this was just one of those days I knew we were talking about Shohei. Jack and, and and Coke Zero right out of the can. I didn't even pour it into a glass. This is how I had to, uh, you know, had had to imbibe this beverage because I was just like, you know what? Yeah, just our our frustration has to come out. I got to go straight out of the can. Yeah, down the hatch. So for <laughs> for Thanksgiving, I bought like two four packs of these, but I bought the wrong one. I bought the regular Coke and not the Coke Zero. Oh yeah. So I just had to give them away. But yeah, someone was with, someone someone liked it. So uh, I think my guests. body would go into shock if I had that much sugar now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a hard time with that. I finally got to Total Wine, 
And I ended up getting this for a dollar a can because they had a special going on at Total Wine. Uh, so I got my I got my 14.9 ounce cans, my eight pack of Guinness, uh, one of my favorite. I can't even get this darn thing. I got to put it in front of my face. There we go. Um, Guinness drafts stout. So when you pop the can, you get the the little uh, uh, nitro ball in there that pops. I'm almost done too, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's only four percent, so it's a good easy drinker, um, and and just you know I, I like to go from Corona Lights for my light beer to uh, Guinness for my light beer, and it's funny to call this a light beer even though it's super dark, but it, it's only four percent, so um, down a couple of those with no problem. All right, let's end the show by talking about some of the. Christmas fair we've been watching yes. of late. Now, I've made a deal with my wife. She has to go through her lineup of Christmas movies. She has, you know, Love Actually and Christmas Vacation, and she's got to watch every version of the Santa Claus. And she, it's like, it's like <laughs> she's just got to get through them before yes. the 25th. And like, I did that with her a few years ago. And I was like, okay, I'll watch all these movies with you. But I'm like, okay, I'm done. Why are we gonna watch him again? <laughs> but she's got to watch him again. So I'm like, yes. okay, here's what here's what I'll do. If there's a new Christmas movie that is out, I will watch that with you. But if if it's just something that we've seen within the last couple of years, you're you're on your own with that. So I don't know if if you know this. I'm sure you do because you have all the streaming services as well. Yeah, there is a boatload of Christmas movies out with recognizable stars that are really bad yes and they're just are you talking about ludicrous well <laughs> luda luda's one of them that we're going to talk about i'm not touching that movie man i have not it's i put it on my list and i watched the preview and i went i don't think so <laughs> so the 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 smartness of that movie is they have a delightful child actor actress in yeah. the movie who who really makes the movie and uh i don't know if you're a big fan of lil rel but i, I like lil rel lil rel is yeah. pretty charming to me so i like him yeah Ludacris is not uh <laughs> Ludacris is not the best actor <laughs> Didn't i mean you know he chops. could do he, he could do his uh his stuff with tyrese and fast and furious where they slap yeah. each other on the back of the head but you know the leading man is, is sure. not really his game right now but that so that movie which is called dashing through the snow and uh chris and i finally finished watching it she was like they could have named that movie any lyric from a Christmas song, and it would have been the same because there had yeah. nothing to do with dashing through the snow in the entire movie, and it was called Dashing Through Snow. I was like, <laughs> yep, I agree. Uh, we also watched the Candy Cane Lane movie, the Amazon movie with Eddie Murphy. Yes. Uh, and uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. And the the young man who was in Creed three, he played the younger version of Adonis Creed. He was in it as well. I didn't recognize. Uh, I don't think I recognized anybody else. Uh, but except there there were some other act uh, actors that you would recognize in in smaller parts. But I'm talking about the main part. Ron Swanson's in that movie. Um, the Chris Red from Saturday Night Live. He's in it. They have smaller right. parts. And you know. Am I better for watching these two Christmas movies? No. <laughs> Were they 
like, you know, because it, it was either you know watch this Christmas movie or we're watching like four episodes of Community, right? So that's what I'm right. giving up. That's how I look at it. Community's fine. Community's totally fine, though. Sure. Those late 2000s, early 2010 comedies, like even only 15 years later, you're like, how did they get, how did they do that show? Like some of the humor is a little... Yeah. It would, would not work in 2023. <laughs> not anymore. Um, so for that reason, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Community will be there for us after Christmas right. is over. So Candy Cane Lane, I told my wife, I said, look, Eddie Murphy smiles and I laugh. <laughs> so I'm well, in. I'm in. Like, no matter what. Like, I, I've been entertained by some of the worst Eddie Murphy movies of all time just because I like him so much and I find him very charming. So this is going to be about you, like whether or not you like this movie, because I'm just going to yeah. tell you, Ed's in it. I'm going to like it. I'm going to be totally fine. <laughs> you know, the thing about these Christmas movies is because of Christmas and because of the fantasy of Christmas and the magic of Christmas, there's special effects in these movies. But yeah. You know, when you got to pay Eddie Murphy to do a Christmas movie, you don't have much of a budget for special effects. And they're really bad. It's like yeah. I remember um, my kid was in was like a freshman in high school and he did some graphic on, you know, probably using like Adobe After Effects or something. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> right. He's like his friend, like disappeared or something. I was like, oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. And then I watched this Candy Cane Lane movie and it's like, Kind of reminded me of the Adobe After Effects special effects yes. that Brian did in high school 10 years ago. So that's what you're going to get. Same with Dashing Through the Snow. Just the graphics are, are really bad. Now, um, both both movies, as far as plot, pretty thin. You know, if, if Eddie Murphy doesn't do a few different tasks that he's supposed to do, he turns into like a figurine. Like that's really the, the oh, plot right. of the movie. And in Dashing Through the Snow, it's like Ludacris has to believe in Christmas for Santa to still exist and to do his job. And so, you know, the, the dashing, basically elf. Yeah. Dashing, <laughs> dashing Through the Snow. There's like an idea for a 30 minute movie. Oh, no. And That's so to special. get it. Yeah. To get it to like an hour and 45 minutes. They had to stretch it out and they had to kind of zig a little bit to, to stretch it out. But you kind of know where it's going anyways. You're just kind of like, okay, can we get there? Can we get there? Nope, we're going to send you over in this direction. That doesn't make <laughs> any sense whatsoever because nope. we have to make an hour and 45 minute movie. So those are two movies that I watched. Candy Cane Lane, Dashing Through the Snow. If I went by the Eddie Murphy scale, Candy Cane Lane, A+. Uh, dashing through the snow, like a C, C minus. Okay. Well, I'm glad you took the hit for us on the Ludacris movie because <laughs> I, I, I probably would have watched it. Now, what I watched during Christmas is would bore the hell out of most people, but I love Turner Classic movies. So, the classics like Holiday Inn, Christmas in Connecticut, all those types of movies, I can watch them every year, no problem. Usually because they're like 80 minutes, 90 minutes. Yeah. Not. Um, and, you know, great acting, good stories. Um, it's hard to watch some of these, too, because, again, you watch them and, and then you start Holiday Inn and then at the top of the screen it says, you know, uh, rated TV, whatever, for 
uh, smoking, drinking, and blackface. <laughs> and uh... you're like, oh no. <laughs> okay, should I watch this movie? <laughs> um, and then you get to that part and you're like, wow, this is awfully bad. Yes. Uh, but anyways, so, you know, those are the types of movies that I watch during. and But I love Christmas specials. Um, so the, the Disney Prep and Landing series that they had probably about 15 years ago, I can watch that every year. Last night we watched The Muppets Letters to Santa. Oh, wow. Which is absolutely hilarious. It's on Disney+. Plus. It is so funny. Um, definitely one of those ones that is is great for kids and adults because you'll crack up at the stuff and the kids won't get it, but they'll, <laughs> boy, they'll enjoy the singing and everything else going on that that's great in those. Uh, we're also super into um, baking championship, holiday baking championship. Mm-hmm. We love that. And now there's a new um, uh, MasterChef Junior, which we love to watch. There's a new holiday series that's out that's like three or four episodes. And I think the first one was last night with Gordon Ramsay. Uh, so we kind of watch those. But my, I'm with you on the watching the movies over again. Um, I could do that with only a select few movies, uh, Christmas vacation, Christmas with the cranks. I could watch that every year. I don't know why it makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> and, and then the third one is trapped in paradise. I can mm. watch that. That's the Nicholas cage, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey. I could watch that every year. No problem. Um, but, but when it comes to new movies, I'm always a little bit hesitant because you're like, Hey, there's some great, you know, classics that are out there and i can yeah. watch classics or i could jump into these i don't know if you guys have seen uh the santa chronicles with kurt russell and uh and and goldie hahn is is mrs claus and kurt russell is uh santa claus is the, uh, i think crystal watched that okay La- it was uh either last year or the year before so last year i think was part two okay uh and then about three or four years ago was part one and uh and those are great those are fun i had a good time with those because santa is kind of kurt russell is the cool hip santa <laughs> so you know he's he's kind of like 60s santa so he's the cool guy and he listens to rock and roll um but yeah i don't i we haven't watched anything new this year last year we watched spirited with uh Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. And it was the, is that the Apple TV one, Apple TV plus highly recommend that. That one is really funny, really good. Very heartwarming. Uh, but I do want to watch jingle jangle on Netflix. Uh, I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. Let me just look up the actors and um, actresses that has been out for a couple of years. That is, let's see if I could do this without the sound blasting in my ear <laughs> that is forrest whitaker keegan michael key oh wow yeah hugh bonneville and i think it's also a musical anika noni rose i'll have to ask uh, crystal if she saw that one felicia rashad there you go because she's I, a big fan of uh, keegan michael key okay so she might have seen that one that one came out a couple of years ago it's t- t- 2020 it's about two hours long but i think it's also a musical but it looks really good the effects in this one look pretty much top notch oh, so cool. uh but that's been on my list for a while that we have not watched yet uh, but definitely getting to that. So, All right. Well, we have one more show until Christmas. So if there's anything you watch between now and next Monday, yes, we'll, we'll talk about it at the end of next week's show. But the following week, 
Christmas is on Monday, so we'll have to postpone mm. our show that week. Okay, we'll figure out a day on that. Yeah, probably maybe Tuesday, or depending on what what our unless they sign Yamamoto on Christmas <laughs> Day, and then you'll be hearing from us. Well, Rod, Rod, and I may have to do. We want winners on Christmas evening because the Niners play. Oh gosh, football on that night. Yeah, wow. that that'll be one where you know wife goes to sleep kids go to sleep and i'm awake yeah. i'm like okay we might as well <laughs> yeah sipping on your fortified <laughs> wine right <Yeah. laughs> all right uh, thank you for for letting me get my frustrations out on hey. this otani situation and uh, giants fans i feel you i know the a lot of frustration but we're gonna have to deal with it we're gonna forget through it and hope just hope that you know farhan He's I know he's going to probably sign a new deal here. And I think, he, you know, Melvin and him probably re-upped together. I think that was at least mentioned. But, you know, he's he's yeah. he's he's got to he, he's got to go and he's got to do the things that they brought him in to do. So this is a lot of responsibility on his end. He's got some work to do. Let's go Farhan. Come on. We need, we need some guys. Let, let's yes. go. We need to put a good baseball team. We, we don't want to talk about Otani anymore. This, no. this is going to be it. We, we shouldn't even talk about him after this episode. We're done. We're moving on. We're going to talk about Yamamoto, Bellinger, Slater, Yaz, <laughs> the crew. No Tani. All right. No Tani. All right. For Brad, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.